Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Your talking team along with Tim today is, of course, I'm Tim Fitzgerald. Zach Carlson and Cole Carmody is in in the studio today, barely. <clears throat> I've arisen from the dead. Well, you didn't die. You just had a minor car accident. Oh, but you did have the sinus surgery. Um, sinus surgery. I'm doing finger quotes. Mm. Um, it's a nose job. Yeah. Rhinoplasty. Yeah, Your new nose looks great. It's Thank a little you. button. It's so adorable. Mm. Um, I don't know why you had the boob job, but that's a whole different topic. We're not going to get into that. We can talk about that on the overtime. This is the questions podcast. The one in which you ask your questions at Wabash station. If you are a subscriber and then we answer for all to hear on this beautiful, beautiful thing called a podcast. And I said it, but we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make you, make sure you stop in. I saw they had Mike dancing on social media, um, which was great. It was a great move because seeing Mike do the dancing made me want to drink so much that I'd go blind. But you know that's a whole other story. But I probably should have gone to the fridge and to get me through what I saw. I don't even know what the step he was doing. It was yeah. Their social media team's awesome. Whoever's doing it is kicking ass. Like their prices, like their service, and like their selection. Head into the fridge and go get you some. There we go. There we go. That was just so, so awful. It was awful. They pay us for that. They pay. They pay. They pay good money for that. Okay, Cole's going to be asking the questions today. I, I will attempt to answer. My caffeine isn't uh, fully uh, through my brain system yet, or I've got too much. So about fifteen minutes in is when this podcast is going to get really good. Right. About fifteen really minutes bad. in, and like three questions, I will spend the next fifteen minutes on a question, but you won't even finish reading it before I start just talking. But you better go now before I lose control. First question comes from Wyatt Bowlinger, 15. Outside of Cooper Beebe and Daniel Green, what K-State player has the highest chance to be a draft pick next spring? Kobe Savage. If he's healthy. He's a a guy. He fits the mold of the other guys that have come out of K-State to get into the league. Going to be a nickel kind of guy. Hard hitter. Um, I think the obvious answer is Ben Sennett. Yeah, if he wants to come out, I, I think he's an NFL tight end. He kind of fits the mold now. Without, can I, without can I take a generic go, yeah. other offensive lineman other than Cooper Beebe? Can I take one out of four? So, KT. It's probably Christian my Duffy. Pick, but yeah, yeah. That, I was about to mention KT. Yeah. yeah. I think I coming think, back for him was really important because he showed such drastic improvement. Now, if he can build on that i think he has an opportunity to be um really dominant at this level at left tackle if he's more consistent Mm -hmm. and that might translate to right tackle or interior lineman at Mm -hmm. the nfl he's athletic enough to play the interior line for sure at the next level yeah and he's done that a little bit at k-state too so yeah i mean 
I, I think you might have talked me into that, Zach. Like, like I don't think that Cooper Beebe is the only NFL quality offensive lineman. Maybe not at the moment, but I don't think that. I think NFL teams, if they're looking at Cooper Beebe and they're looking at the whole of the offensive line, I think that an NFL scout can look, you know, at the system and say, you know what, that guy's actually pretty good too and if, he could make an impact on our team if bb is a first round draft pick like i think a lot of people think he will be and uh, let, like let's be honest here on the offensive line it's really hard for your value to go down coming back for another year in school like say if you were a quarterback who decided to come back and you didn't have as good of a year or you got hurt you know that happens a lot more often than um Offensive linemen, offensive linemen, it's a, it's harder for them to get hurt unless it's just a catastrophic knee injury, you know, like we've seen with, um, with, with Taylor Podier, but uh, yeah, I don't think Taylor would like, no, like you're saying, it's, no. it's hard to get hurt, but he's like the only one really that, you know, we've seen with, with situations like that recently. So I don't think BB's value is going to go down, you know, if he doesn't have as good of a year as he yeah, did last I year. Agree. I agree. I'm intrigued by Taylor though. Um, He's had two knee injuries, and now when you have a reconstructive knee injury, in many cases, it improves your knees. They know exactly why it was failing, and they correct that. You know, back in the day, they would just go fix what was injured, but now they understand exactly what what's going wrong. And we now see, I've mentioned before, soccer players having preemptive surgery to strengthen their knees. I mean, it's entirely possible he comes back better, uh, and if if you know he can show. I'm, I've got two better knees. I'm improved. I'm, uh, he's a really good lineman. He was, so there's a possibility he might be a guy, but yeah, this, someone's going to pop up. I mean, someone's going to like going into last year. I thought Sammy Wheeler would have a breakout season. Cause I, I sensed that they were going to move to the tight end more. Well, I, I had the right spot. I just picked the wrong guy because Senate and Howard had such a good connection, but uh, there's going to be someone like that. Maybe it'll be DJ Giddens. Someone someone you're just not thinking of that's going to have a breakout year. I think Trayshawn Ward's on that list, too. Yeah. We'll yeah, s- for we'll no see. doubt. Yep. Next question comes from El Camino Cat. Which is more likely this season? A, K-State averages over 200 yards rushing per game, or B, K-State averages over 250 yards passing per game? I think the passing. I, I do. I mean, I just think this is going to be more of a passing game. Yeah, I could be I could be convinced otherwise. Let's I, put that way. Well, I just I just look at the five returning offensive linemen, and I think early on they're, in the season they're probably going to lean more on those guys as opposed to trying to air it out with with the, really a new cast of receivers, right? Like R.J. Garcia didn't play that much last year. Uh, Keegan Johnson, obviously new to the system, you get Philip Brooks back, but he was never he was always that third option really. So. I mean, I could kind of see it, you know, six games, the first six games, 200 yards rushing, the next six games, 250 yards passing, if that makes sense. I, like, I think it'll be fairly even. If you were to ask me, are there more games where K-State rushes for over 200 yards or more games where K-State throws for over 250 yards, I would probably take the rushing. I think right now rushing is so, I guess, the personnel breakdown right now. I don't really know how they're going to use Giddens or Ward. You know, and what the balance is going to be. But, you know, there's really only two guys right now. Somebody's got to have a 100-yard game. And then the other guy's got to put in a bunch of other work. And then maybe you have Will Howard run for, I don't know, 50 yards maybe per game. If it, That's a lot of yards for a quarterback yards to run. 200 yards at least 
how I see it right now is a huge number. So I think that in the sense of this question, I think it's more likely that K-State averages over 250 passing yards a game. But even then, I think that's a big number too. So I don't I don't really know. I'm being non-committal here, but I'd probably take passing over the rushing number just because of the breakdown of personnel right now and just doing the math and knowing that somebody's got to run for 100 yards pretty much every game. What if you what if we change this question to say 180 yards rushing per game and 230 yards passing per game? Does that change your opinion at, at all? No, because it makes the passing easy even easier to to get to. Mm-hmm. I, I and 180 yards. I like, think we think that though, but yeah, like, did how, how many times did K State actually throw for over 250 yards last season? Like, yeah, we I think don't. that 250 yards is attainable. 230 yards is attainable. I'm going to go back here and look in a second, but I don't. How many? Yeah. How many I, I don't games think did, that that happened that often? How many games did K State have 450 yards of total offense? Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the the point here is the, and, there's a balance, but and with the new rules, first down rules, there'll be fewer plays. So. Not sure. Like let's I'm gonna use this game as an example. So K State Texas Tech. I feel like okay. it was a pretty even game, right? Like you know, like I, I specifically remember Adrian Martinez making a few big plays. Uh K State ran the ball for three hundred and forty three yards and threw it for hundred and sixteen in that game. And they scored thirty seven points. Um another game What was the biggest passing yards game? Off the top of my head, what do we what do we think? Uh, Oklahoma State probably. So let's go look at that game. Uh, I know Will Howard threw for over 300 yards that game. Now that's 48 nothing, right? So yeah. it's a little bit different. But they ran the ball for 199 yards and threw for 296 yards that game. So like we think about how great Will Howard played in that game. That's only that's pretty, 45 more yards than telling, what this yeah. question is asking. Have I convinced you otherwise, Zach? No, because that game was such a blowout that – I don't think it stacks they up. They to... started running. How about Baylor? Thirty-one to three. Any guesses for that? I have no idea. Probably more passing. A lot of passing touchdowns. Two hundred twenty-one passing yards and one hundred eighty-four rushing yards. So that's like about as fifty-fifty. Like this question yeah. proportionally, right? So I think it's closer to that. Yes, than I agree. What this question asks. I agree. Yeah. But even then, if we were to you know drop it down from the twenty, it wouldn't have gotten to the two thirty, and it went past the. Yeah. I feel like the actual answer here is neither. They'll be under both. Yeah. On average. And I also think this talks about Deuce Vaughn and comparing it to Trayshawn Ward. Like, if you didn't get 100 yards from Deuce Vaughn last year, you weren't getting to that 150 yard threshold. Right. Unless uh, the West Virginia game, take that out of the mix. But you don't have to get 100 yards from DJ Giddens because you can get 100 yards from Trayshawn Ward. And you can get, if you get 75 from each guy, like that's still a pretty productive game. Right? And you still so, need 50 from somebody else to get true, to, 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 the to get to 200, to just get to the average yeah. of 200. Yeah. Because you're certainly going to have less. To average 200, you have to do 250, 300, maybe a couple games. Like, I think that 250 is a lot more attainable from a passing yard standpoint. And even then, you're going to have to have so many passing plays yeah. to get to that point. Yep. It just is all going to depend upon how Colin Klein decides yeah. to call a game, really. I mean, that's really what yeah, it comes down right. to. So good question. Next one, Next question comes from Imarica. Uh, most difficult non-Texas uh, – when he says UT, I'm going to say Texas because yeah. I don't like – 
I don't like it yeah. either. But yeah. Most difficult non-Texas game on the football schedule this season and why? At Texas Tech. Are you convinced of that still? Mm-hmm. See, I, I was fully on board with that too, but... My 24-7 ballot, Big 12 game of the year is K-State at Texas. Seems like a game I should probably cover. <laughs> Well, we'll talk I, about the next we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what you're doing elsewhere in the next uh, question. Uh, but yeah, I think K-State going to Tech is going to be a bloodbath. You don't think TCU here has a? You potential? think it's going to be a bloodbath? Yeah, I think. You think K-State's going to lose, or you think it's just going to be a battle? Battle. Okay. Just go at it. I think K-State's going to beat TCU by two touchdowns in Manhattan. Mm. I I don't mean to be the guy that judges TCU like everyone always judged K-State. Well, Michael Bishop isn't there. Oh, El Roberson isn't there. Well, Chad May isn't there. Uh, Jake Waters isn't there. Hey, Colin Klein isn't there. And that's how it's always worked. So you guys are going to suck now. I don't want to be that guy, but Max Duggan was the heart and soul of the team. Setting aside his numbers, his warrior mentality translated to everyone. He single-handedly kept TCU in the Big 12 championship. Mm -hmm single-handedly put the entire football team on his back and carried them to the edge of victory. Chad Morris, is that his name? Chad? Yes. Yeah. The back, the no, no, no. Chad, Chad Morris is a coach. He's the coach. Coach. Chad, what? Oh, my gosh. See, I can't think of his name. He was supposed to be the starter last year. Yeah. And then now he's 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 not going to get it done. I mean, they're just, they're good. They're, you can't replace that kind of leadership. That he had Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris. I don't even remember Jeez. that. It's not Chandler Bing. Is it? Is it who that is? Um, <clears throat> he's kind of the Chandler Bing of quarterbacks. Unremarkable and makes you laugh sometimes. I don't know. People are so optimistic. I saw one list of Big Twelve quarterbacks where they put this guy ahead of Will Howard. Now I'm just worked up over it every time I think of him, even if I can't remember his name. You know they're going to be using temporary locker rooms at Tech. We're not gonna. We're not gonna be in the dark media room. What the what? The, what? what? What's going on at Tech? They're. <clears throat> I think they're reconstructing yeah. all the locker rooms or something. Because they're yeah, up, they're the little, renovating the the little yeah. closet uh-huh. that uh, Craig James's son was put in. Right, right, right. That we use every two years right, right. for post game press Craig conference. James Memorial Closet. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that is no more. Oh. We will be somewhere else. How dare them? Just. Yeah. Throwaway tradition. I think they're actually moving the visiting locker rooms to the north side of the stadium, I think. Great. He just used directions on me, and I have no idea what he meant. <laughs> and then Tech will take, I think where the current visiting locker room is, I think that there's some sort of thing they're doing. And I think that might be where the new locker room will be. With with TCU, Fitz, I, I want to touch on something you said. I, I, I feel like that might be the toughest game in Manhattan. I, I think I know that's not the question, but I feel like that might be the best game that takes place in Manhattan. Um, but I also get like I just and I hate to bring this up because I know it's a soft spot, but I really do get Bruce Weber vibes from from Sonny Dykes as far as winning with other people's players. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it on his own, but like you mentioned Max Duggan. People forget that he couldn't even play. There was questions if he could even play because of a heart ailment that he had. Like he might not ever be able to play football again. And then he loses the job to Chandler Morris. And even with all that, he stays, wins the job, and then ultimately becomes a Heisman finalist. You don't just replace that. No. Especially with the guy that he beat out. No, I agree. So, yeah, for I think so I think 
if folks listening to this might think TC might be the, the most tough, tough game. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't have a specific answer. I think Oklahoma state's going to be a lot harder than people think just because it's a Friday night game. It's the beginning part of the season and K state like never plays good down there. So that might be a tough game. I don't know if that's the toughest, but I think it's a sneaky game to look at. And I think K state wins this game. Don't get me wrong. But I think at some point in the Missouri game, they will make sure they're trying to injure as many guys as possible because they're going to get their ass kicked by K-State. And they they are in full denial of what happened last year. Oh, it was the weather. Mm -hmm. It was just the weather. Yeah, okay. Um, I think K-State wins that game by multiple touchdowns, but I think it's going to get ugly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Troy. Mm. I think Troy is going to be the most difficult game Especially when you look at it all, when it, when the season's all said and done, I think that you know that might be the closest non-con game. Um, but also just with what happened with Tulane last year, and I would argue that Troy is a better football team coming in than what Tulane was. Not what Tulane became. Tulane was a great football team last year. We didn't know that when they came to Manhattan and played K-State and won. We know right now that Troy is a good football team and probably the best non-con game of the season for sure. I think that's good for K-State, though. I think it's good for K-State, yes. But if you told me today, you know, the spread is K-State minus nine and a half or whatever, give me Troy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Give me Troy. Give me the points. I also think if that's the most tough game that K-State plays all year that's not Texas, they're going to be pretty damn good. I also agree with that. If if Troy, <laughs> if that's the toughest. If Troy game. is the toughest non-Texas game, and K State can win it, that that's going to be good. Yeah, but just based on what happened last season with Tulane, Troy, you can't ignore Troy. No, you, you got to take it seriously. Yep, agreed. Last question of the first half comes from Cat in Colo. As we referenced earlier, the opening game in basketball is in Vegas against Bronny James and USC. It's a big deal on a big stage, the kind of game that Blue Bloods usually get. Why do you think K-State was chosen? It's the O.J. Mayo, Michael Beasley, 2008 NCAA tournament mm-hmm. first round in Omaha Memorial Classic. If K-State had like a big-time freshman. That was a long title for that. That'd be pretty cool. <clears throat> was I wrong? No, look, I I mean, there, it's clear why K-State was picked because it was an exciting brand of basketball. The TV ratings were obvious. And there's a head coach at Kansas State that probably said, hell yeah, we'll go there and play, mm-hmm. which is such a different approach than anyone's had at Kansas State in basketball. I mean, for a very long time. Hell yeah, we'll go there and play. Actually, Coach probably says, heck yes, we'll go there and play. <laughs> but I, I think that's a big reason. And and it might even be that it was floating around circles that they were looking for an opponent in case they said, we want it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, as we alluded to earlier. I won't be covering the Texas football game. These two guys will be. And I will be in Vegas for uh, – I'll be there for nine nights, Zach. I'm going to just get out there, make sure that everything is good. You know, I'm going to be checking on the venue on a daily basis, make sure nothing's wrong with it. Um, probably around midnight or 3 a.m. somewhere. But I'll check on the venue daily. And then uh, I probably won't be able to come home until the next week in the middle of it. But I got to get home for the next game for football. You think we could score an interview with LeBron? 
Uh, I'm going to walk up to LeBron and then probably get tackled by a security. I just want to know, LeBron, uh, we need an answer from LeBron about the 2010 Pinstripe Bowl and mm-hmm. his tweet mm-hmm. about K-State mm-hmm. getting absolutely hosed by the refs. Right, right. We need a response from that 13 years later about the salute. Now, uh, as someone, I don't know if you guys know this about me, as someone who tweets a lot. Really? Yeah. We'll get into uh, that later. Uh, if you, really, if you, <laughs> I'm just an innocent victim in all this. Uh, and you, you asked me about some great tweet I had 13 years ago. I'm going to look at you like, what, what the hell are you talking about? But of course, LeBron is probably has less going on in his life than me. So you'll sure. probably remember that because I'm a very busy person with my schedule. You do know who else is on USC's roster, right? Uh, a guy named Troy. No, not a guy. Named There's Troy. a whole Troy theme to this entire podcast, apparently. So there's a man by the name of DJ Rodman on the team. Oh, that's right. Who isn't there? Is another guy too. Son of like, this is Dennis Rodman. This is like a and it's uh, in Vegas. Yeah, Isaiah Collier <laughs> was like another like top player who like um, USC's got. I don't know if they'll be good. I don't know if they'll win the game, but. They're well, going to be a good team by the end of the year. They went out and recruited guys that will feel like they're putting on a show every night. Maybe that's what it takes to get a crowd in L.A. Get a little Hollywood to it. A couple former NBA names on the roster. Maybe people will care about USC Athletics for a brief shining moment. Well, in, in, in fairness, DJ Rodman, he averaged nine points a game at Washington State last year. So I don't think he's like that good. But still, it's, it's interesting. It is. You think Dennis will be sitting there next to LeBron? I'm actually more interested in talking to Dennis Rodman than LeBron. <laughs> well, it's in Vegas, so you know he'll be there. I might have to take some acid before <laughs> I talk to him to understand what he's talking about. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'd like to ask him about Larry Bird. This whole thing he stepped in, this one. Anyhow, that's it for the first half. We'll be back with more of your questions from Wabash Station. I promise that there's more topics that will allow me to talk about myself. And that's awesome. That's okay. I've just got to always talk about myself. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Cole Carmody is your team of talking today. Well, I kind of like that. It's, it's going to be it. Stop into the fridge whenever you're in Manhattan. Great prices, great people, and uh, great selection. They have about anything you would want. Except one thing they don't have is your questions from Wabash Station. Cole has those. He's going to start reading them again. First question of the second half comes from Eric Schneid. What are the odds that Josh Eilert, that the Josh Eilert hire at West Virginia has a similar effect as K-State retaining Frank after Hugs left? It's a great comparison. Um, well, first of all, I'm just struck by when Huggins leaves, he leaves with wreckage behind him and an assistant coach gets a career break. Andy Kennedy at Cincinnati, Frank Martin at Kansas State, and now Josh Eilert. And as unproven as Frank was, at least he was associate head coach. Josh Eilert has been a staff member and only briefly a coaching staff member. But 
I think it's clear he was hired because he's kind of a glue guy that can keep things together. That um, while his emphasis hasn't been his X's and O's, I'm sure Hug signed off on the fact that they are good. He is good in that, but he can run the program efficiently. I mean, I imagine he'll have Ron Everhart still there, who's a great X's and O's coach. So it's kind of a team effort. I'm just thrilled for Josh. Um, I'm just it's an incredible break. And even if he doesn't get the West Virginia job, and guys, let me be clear, I, th- I think they have no intention of hiring him, no matter what happens this year. Short of going to the Sweet 16 or something, I don't think they intend on promoting Josh Eilert. But what he does this year will absolutely get him another coaching gig. That might be, you know, at a American conference program or something like that, yeah. but I think this sets him up for yeah. a whole new career than what he had Six months ago. He's young, too. It's it's crazy because I think he's been an assistant coach. I think last year was his first year as a full-on assistant coach. He was an interim assistant coach for a while. I I think that was just for like a recruiting title, probably. Yeah, I don't even know what that was. But he's had a collection of titles, which indicates to me that they kept finding ways to keep him because he was so valuable. Here's a new title with pay. Here's a new title. That's just my guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think everyone there kind of recognized how important he was to the entire program. And and as they progressed through the search process, they realized they were hearing from a lot of prominent names on their list that uh, I would love to coach there, but not right now. I can't do it right now. I'm just not going to do that. So I hope he can make the most of this opportunity. Um, And he only loses a player or two to Kansas State. That's all. That's just it. I think the best players are staying at West Virginia. I think they want to. Like Raekwon Battle. I mean, well, let's 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 keep that in mind too. Like that's probably the the bigger their biggest win in the portal. And and he decided not even enter the portal. They get the kid from Arizona um, who entered the portal and then decided he wanted to come back. Edwards from Syracuse, another big time recruit that they won in the portal, decided not to re-enter the portal and stay there. So like. The guys that they got in the portal this offseason, for the most part, the best ones are staying. Well, let's let's also be clear that a lot of these guys, including Raycon Battle, didn't necessarily pick West Virginia or Bob Huggins. They picked mm-hmm. the NIL money. True. That's just something that's layered in there now that when players are picking the NIL money, that's still there for them. Mm-hmm. They didn't leave with Bob Huggins. I'm positive. If it had, they'd lose their entire roster. And it's just the way the game's played now. You literally have you can go out and buy players. But I've said it before, as soon as someone says, I'm looking for NIL money, Tang's like, okay, have fun. You're not bought into a program. You just want the money. Mm-hmm. And I agree with him wholeheartedly on that, particularly with basketball. The, the sad part about that is, though, Fitz, like if you're Josh Eilert and if you agree with that philosophy, you're not at a point now where you're like, Oh, see ya. Like, I don't want you on the team. No, you, you, just, you have to gift just keep them, right? So I can make for a sloppy locker room for a first-year coach, too. Yeah, I hope it works out yeah, for him. too. Next question from Contra Cat. He says, we have had multiple calls for adding sports or, quote-unquote, relocating our sports interests. Practically, how much money would it take for Gene Taylor to pull the trigger on a change or addition? I was surprised and may not understand the balance sheet I have seen, but it seems we have multiple years' revenue in hand. Well, again, a lot of that revenue is intended for coaches' salaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, everyone clamors to make sure you pay the coaches. It's got to come from somewhere. You can't just have, say, well, we have the money this year. You've got to make sure it's on hand for the future. Uh, 
And that's the big question. I mean, let's say they did a radical approach. Let's say they just said, "What? let's sit down and nothing is sacred. Not Nothing is sacred. If someone wants to talk about dropping football, we'll at least discuss it. That's a good creative environment. People don't understand that. Okay, that's a stupid idea, but we're going to talk about it. Why do you want that? If they sit down and do that, they're going to realize that it's going to be impossible for Kansas State to ever be competitive at the highest levels in baseball. You just can't get baseball pitching arms as far north on a consistent basis. You can hit years. You can have – but the years of ne- programs like Nebraska and Creighton being great are done. It's just all moved to the south. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just look at what happened in the, the tournament. It's just such a southern advantage now with warm weather and pitchers wanted to protect their arms. So if you look at that um, and you say, okay, the, what sport's bringing us the less re- – the least amount of return, even though it's the cheapest sport, and that's probably women's tennis. I mean, it's just there's just it's a filler. I mean, it's I hate to say that, but it just is a sports filler. Do people go to the matches? No, well, I'm sure some tennis people do, but they build a small stadium, which is you know that's bleachers. It's, but on the stadiums, um, tough. You know, and come back to this. It's just not a sport in which local athletes are able or able to play at this level. I mean, there might be some on occasion. So let's say they decide those sports don't work anymore. What do we take? Well, I think the obvious answer is softball. And, oh, but they got pitchers. Softball pitching is completely different. (laughs) Don't even get at me about that. You can be good in softball this far north. And Kansas high school athletics has a lot of great softball players that Mm -hmm. are going either to KU or Wichita State or out out of state. And, of course, wrestling, which is a dominant sport in high school here in Kansas. I mean, it's a traditional – I want to. I don't want to just pigeonhole it as rural, but a lot of these, these kids out there, wrestling's their sport, and it goes with football really well. And if you do that, I mean, you bring in the fences at Toynton, and, and that's a whole other factor. They paid for a baseball stadium, not a softball stadium. And you build a wrestling facility out left field attached to the Olympic Training Center. You know, so I mean, it's all there, and that's still a lot of money. Even that simple transition is a lot of money, and that's just not something Gene Taylor is going to do. Thank you, Daphne. Gene Taylor is going to do in this volatile environment right now. Until I, I can't see it happening until maybe the next round of contract negotiations. And honestly, I don't know. Gene will still be the boss, then. he might have retired since then, and. uh you know, the next round comes around <clears throat> and the Big 12 is going to be fine. It's going to clearly be the third um, media rights conference. And maybe the gap closes with basketball if that's the right play. But <clears throat> maybe then is when they, they do something. But, man, you've got so much momentum now. If you drop a sport, you're going to have hell to pay from some people. I mean, there was hell to pay for John Curry for dropping – Equestrian, mm-hmm. and and I think we all understand that the equestrian was added because <clears throat> there's a lot of horse families in the state. It's I, re- I remember specifically them saying this gives us a new avenue of revenue for donors that these people would be donating in, and it just didn't didn't come yeah. up that way. It didn't work that way at all. People just wanted to donate tack or horses or you know something that. It was old school. We'll donate you stuff instead of just cash, and that just didn't work. If you don't want to 
drop tennis. You need to drop rowing. That would be the next one. But until the NCAA rules change, until Title IX changes, K-State has absolutely set up their athletic department and the sports they participate in 100% efficiently. No, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, there is no other mathematical way with who, you know, conference sports, you know, the minimum number of sports at 16. There are six sports that K-State participates in and sponsors that are running. Indoor, outdoor, cross country. Mm-hmm. Now, I've mentioned this before. Men's and women's. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> six out of 14. 16. 16. Um, really? Um, yeah. But I'm not sure what the scholarship setup is, but I think beach volleyball is the same way. Beach volleyball, you can't play that. I mean, a lot of schools are playing that around the country. I mean, you can play it indoors. It's a mess, but, you. I mean, you have you have big, what are those, those giant cars that dirt shows where they I don't even monster know. trucks. Monster is that trucks. what you're trying Thank to say? You. They have that indoors. You could have. I'm sorry. I just again, the caffeine has been properly calculated today. The dirt and the cars, and, <laughs> and he got monster trucks out of that. Zach has been with me a long time, but he starts deciphering that crap. <clears throat> even Becky would have gone. What the hell are you talking about? But yeah, even they do monster trucks inside. You can do you know beach volleyball and contained areas inside, but. I mean, if that adds you some scholarships and adds you a sport, go for it. Because I've, I've said over and over, I think if there's a non-traditional, I don't mean that, a non-revenue producing sport like men's basketball or football that K-State could find a way to be competitive in, it's volleyball because you can get the players here. And now you have a facility that is hard to match around the country. I don't. I don't I mean, know enough about Really, you could probably drop tennis and add beach volleyball. Right. If there's one sport that if Just we're put it right there. About, if we're going to talk about reallocating, you have basically an an entire roster that you could use. I don't I don't know what the setup is for for teams that play beach volleyball and volleyball and how many athletes, you know, play both. But you have, you know, the same player pool there and you get to eliminate you know, six or eight, you know, athletes that you don't have to pay scholarships for. And it, you know, it balances out and it, it adds, well, it doesn't get rid of the scholarships. It reallocates them to, to the volleyball side, but it's, you know, you can have volleyball athletes that are on beach volleyball scholarships and you can kind of combine there. I think I'm not a compliance expert, but surely that's probably the, the next way to go. But Ultimately, if you want more sports, it's going to take more people, more donors than just the Ices and the Shamrocks. Shamrocks. <laughs> I like how that's their name now. It's just the, the Shamrocks. Um, but if you want other sports, it's probably going to take $10 million more million a year to add two sports, I think. And, and I don't even think that those sports – could be wrestling or softball. No, they could. even though that would be great, and it would it would be such a fit for the region, the state, and how high schools play those sports, and how those athletes have to basically go elsewhere. They don't go to K State. Um, those would be the sports that I'd love to see added, but I don't think you're going to drop any sports at this point. K State is just so. 
I don't want to call it bare bones, but that's probably the best word for it is they, they, they strategically play the sports they play because fiscally yes. very cautious, very. And I, and I appreciate that because these are volatile times, but it's going to take someone with a lot of money and a very specific interest in seeing K-State compete and compete well at an Olympic sport. Uh, you know, and NILs kind of changed that for Olympic sports because when you look at gymnastics right now, and I'll say this all the time, OU, whether they are good in the SEC or not at football or basketball, they picked the right conference for softball. They picked the right conference for gymnastics. Right. They did. Because you look at gymnastics now, all of these former Olympians that were at the Tokyo Olympics, they're playing in college now because they can take NIL money. When you went to the Olympics, you were getting your $50,000, $100,000 a year, you know, maybe not even that, maybe for a whole Olympic cycle of brand deals just to be an Olympian and compete at the Olympic level and hopefully win medals and, and take the money that way. But now with NIL, you're seeing these Olympians go go to college and compete at the college level. I don't think college gymnastics has ever been at this level ever. So I, I think that it's, if K state was going to add sports, it would take somebody that wants to compete at a certain Olympic sport and do it well. Yeah. You know, the notatorium closed. It'd be great if K state could build a new notatorium, probably up by the wreck, but why not build it properly, build a 50 meter pool inside of it, build, you know, create a swim team. If you have, if you have the facility for a swim team or, or a dive team, it's basically the same as running a tennis team. Mm-hmm. Sure. You'll, you'll pay money kind of like what they do with Colbert for, for the upkeep of, of the facilities. But at a certain point, if you have the facilities running, the team is, is secondhand, you know, that's, you know, that's just the second part of it. It's, you know, you don't need any additional revenue. Per well, year. Let's bring this full circle. You know, Zach pointed out something and, you know, I know the reflex is drop rowing, but he's exactly right. You have to have rowing as a counterbalance to your football scholarships for Title IX. So that's not happening. Finally, I'll close it with this. I plan on winning the lottery. I don't know if you know about that. That's my retirement plan. There's a couple of them right now. <clears throat> I know. Uh, so after this Recording, I'll be heading out to buy some lottery tickets because that money's mine. Well, Becky can have some too. But anyhow, uh, if I do win the lottery, uh, first of all, it's been great knowing everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be the NIL guy for volleyball. We are going to play at the national level in volleyball. And I will also say we need to add uh, here's $10 million for softball. We need to get this going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a sport. I look at Oklahoma and see what they've done with softball. And I admire it and I envy it because K-State could do that. They're not good because they're Oklahoma. They're good because they've made a commitment to being good in that sport. And I admire that. They have invested and gone out and recruited, and they've got to be leveraging NIL down there, too, to get so many players. But they've done it right. They're, they're the UCLA you know, the men's basketball, but the softball version of it is Oklahoma softball. It's incredible what they're doing. And there's no reason K-State couldn't be competing at a really high level in that sport. Very good conversation. Next question comes from Claws Out, Balls Out. It's a little bit more simple. Who has a better upcoming season? He wants us to look into our crystal ball. Okay, I've got one. 
Shake it up, or is that the eight ball? That's the eight ball. Okay, well, that's, it, that's it, also my crystal ball. It works the same you thing. Don't, you don't shake a crystal ball. Men's or women's basketball? Oh, you don't, do you? Should we tell him? Snow globe. So, it's, it's, like, it's not like yeah, snow globe. globe. It's not it's like snow globe. globe. Okay. okay, go ahead. Men's or women's basketball, better season. Go. Oh, that is a good question. But see, like, what do we define as better I, season? I want it to be women's basketball. I think men go further in the NCAA tournament, but the women have a better regular season because it's so hard to win in the women's basketball NCAA tournament. That's a good – yeah, I'll buy all that. I mean, they're – the the top and the bottom, or heck, the top and the upper crust of women's basketball, we saw it close up a little bit this year. We mm-hmm. saw some, but it's quite common to have one or two seeds fill the entire Final Four, and that's rare for men's basketball. So, but yeah. you did have Virginia Tech and right. LSU. Granted, it's Kim Mulkey, but it was still LSU. I, yeah, I'm I'm buying I'm buying that. I think women will have a better regular season. They might even win the Big 12. I don't know. But doing damage in the postseason, I think Jerome Tang is building his team for that purpose. Yeah, I don't think it's anything against the women's team and Jeff Mitty. Like, I think they're going to be really good. They're probably going to be more consistent than the men. Like, that's the one thing about the women's team these past few years. Like, when they've been good, it's like they've beaten the teams that they should have beat. And normally, take the Iowa game out last year. Normally, they've lost to the teams that they probably should lose to. But... I could see them, you know, there's going to be more games they should win this year than games that there have been in the past. So I think the women can get a three seed in the NCAA tournament this Mm -hmm. year. And if they get a three seed, that means they get to host what they get to host the first two rounds. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. So if you play in the second round, as long as Cirque du Soleil isn't in town, you know, it happens. Are they coming? I don't know. Can they come? I love them so much. I can do – by the way, I can do everything a Cirque show can do, just not sober or on purpose. Mm. Mm. I, I probably have done all that stuff. So you stuff. can climb up the little wall and then Yep, not realize I'm doing it because yep. I'm, I'm inebriated and then, you know, tumble and spin and twist and land in a small pool, but all by accident. So that has to do with women's basketball? Yes. Okay. I just – I think – I don't know. I think Yogi Lee can have a breakout – superstar type of season like Caitlin Clark did. It's just different though. Like she, she plays the post. It's not as flashy. Yeah. Like, but if she's going to score if, 40 points a game, if she's healthy. Yeah. If, if she's healthy, well, you combine a 75% Yoki Lee with a 100% Gabby Gregory. And that is 75% more than what they got last year. Well, and they've got it's, some great transfers. I don't think the math math there. But the the situation is here. They went run and gun without Yoki, and Yoki's not running and gunning. She's got to play a half court game. Have fun, Coach Mitty. Figuring that it's one out. It's different, yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be different for sure. But if she's healthy, mm-hmm. it's a. I'm told it's a was a really bad knee injury. Uh, on the men's side, there was a cryptic tweet okay. by Jerome Tang. Just yeah. re- uh, breaking news here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar with Larry Harrison? No. I believe he's the former associate head coach at West Virginia because there's nothing in his Twitter bio at the moment. Uh, tweeted a picture of a Kansas State target. This is his first tweet since February 20th. He just tweeted a picture out of one of his former players, um, and Drum Tang retweeted it. Hmm. Interesting. Not Joe Toussaint, but the other one, Muhammad. Is that his name? No. What's his name? The other guy. 
Oh. That guy. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out before Muhammad, this goes Muhammad live. Wagyu. Muhammad Wagyu. Oh, I love Wagyu beef. Yeah. <laughs> tweeted, just tweeted a picture of him, and Jerome Tang retweeted it. Caffeine He's supposed hit. to be on a visit right now. Caffeine so. hit. There yeah, that's interesting. It's very strange. Just a picture of him, like, flexing, and Jerome Tang retweeted it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Last question of the podcast. It's the most important question we've ever had on this show. Oh, uh, boy. Here we go. Uh, it's from TDE67. Oh, yes. It's addressed to Fitz. Oh, boy. Is this the current Twitter feud involving the <clears throat> KU Stadium funding your favorite Twitter feud to date? Well, I, it's not a feud from my point of view. It's a feud from their point of view. But I'm just asking questions here. And I, it's funny, um, Troy Coverdale from K-Man is now kind of taking the mantle from me. Um, and he had someone actually tweet at him and say, why is it so hard to understand? It's two projects. There's the Gateway and the football stadium. And I'm like, that is the entire point I've been attempting to make. I'm glad you've come full circle to realize that this is two projects. Then why the hell does it have one budget? It's all one pool of money. And if you throw taxpayer money in there, you're using it for the stadium. It, you can account for it however you want. But if I give Cole $20 and I tell him, don't spend this on alcohol, young man, and he takes a 20 out of his wallet, not the 20 I gave him, and spends it on alcohol, you know what he's got? He's got alcohol and still 20 bucks in his pocket. But he didn't spend my 20 That's the kind of thinking that makes no sense. Just separate the budgets. And if it's not an athletic budget, why is the AD in charge of it? The AD is the front man for this project when, according to everyone, 90% of it's not football related. But, yeah, it's it's been entertaining. Let's put it that way. And I keep coming back to the, the thought that the fact they don't know the difference between a bond and a grant. One you pay back and the other is a gift of taxpayer money. And they keep bringing it up. Well, you've had... You've had state bonds. Well, yes, they're totally different. Well, you had taxpayer money pay for KSU Stadium in the 1960s. Oh, now it's bad. Yeah, that's my point. It's, there's no money for fixing buildings on our campuses in this state. Yes. That $85 million represents more than what I believe the regents will allocate to all campuses for upkeep in terms of backlogged projects that need to be fixed that 85 million if applied properly to the KU campus could do wonders and attract students but no they're going to build a hotel and that's a whole other issue I have I don't think you should use tax, taxpayer money in any way to build a business that will compete with local businesses period that's unfair but I overall let me be clear two thoughts Love the project. The project is awesome. It's cool. It's a great idea. And for all the KU fans, you just don't want us to have a nice stadium. No, believe me, we all want you to fix that dump. That's that's what got me is people are like, oh, K-State people are just scared about KU finally taking football seriously. And you're like, not. You wouldn't not. need state money if you're taking <laughs> yeah. it seriously. Yeah. But I'm just going to point this out. Every time they try to fix football. 
all of a sudden there's an Allen Fieldhouse renovation, True. Allen Fieldhouse project. This is the problem you have. Your donors don't want to give to anything but basketball, and I understand why. I'd be the same way if there was a great disparity in the social wealth of donating to basketball as opposed to football. So, I, How just, much more can you renovate Allen Fieldhouse? Than what it is right now. And someone brought up a good point. Without cracking the walls, and if you crack the walls, you've got ADA issues that you can't resolve in that arena. So they can't they can't build anything that is actually part of the building. You can build a breezeway, which they did a long time ago. You know that breezeway that we used to have media was down the hall before they built the current media room. And there's like the football video room down in there and yeah, you could have that breezeway, but yeah, they they want it. They're kind of locked in. I mean, same with Bramlage. They can't yeah. crack the walls, or they have ADA issues, which they'll eventually have to face. I mean, if if Allen Fieldhouse is ever going to renovate itself, they need to do basically what we talk about with Bramlage. They need to gut the entire so- right. inside right. and build a modern arena <laughs> based on it. You know, yeah. build suites, build whatever. And just use the shell of the building. Someone tweeted at me, it's, this football project could be $300 million. You expect us to do that without taxpayer money? Yeah, because you've neglected it for so long. That's why it's so expensive. If you had done it through the years, I mean, if K-State tried to do a press box, a football facility, Shamrock Zone, uh, added stuff on the east side all at once, it would have been difficult to do. But no. They had projects, and they took care of their they took care of their stuff on their own through the years. Thank you. <laughs> it was a belt for my dog. We'll say though, after you've made your points and you've won, sometimes I wish Becky would take your phone. I, I yeah, yeah. I just it frustrates me when people don't read what already's been discussed, and then they're like, but you've got bonds. You're the 500th person I've had explain this to. I'm beginning to wonder about what they're actually learning on that campus, because people are not very bright in my mentions. Um, I have an update as we wrap up the podcast. The tweet that I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. was by a coach who was fired by West Virginia. He was the one that was fired in the middle of the year this this past season. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's been with Huggins for forever. He was the one that was fired. This is his first tweet since February. Okay. Uh, I just checked. It was deleted. Okay? It was retweeted by Mark Reborn, uh, Jerome Tang, and Dream Dowling. And he deleted it. And he just deleted it. He deleted the tweet. And this kid is uh, Muhammad Wegu from West Virginia. Uh, is on a visit, reportedly, as we speak. And he also uh, is from New York. Yeah. So. Uh, the New York connection is playing hard. Just so everybody's aware, I'm not crazy. If you go look for this tweet, it's not going to be there. It, huh. it was up, though. My guess is he will be arriving in Manhattan to work on this staff. But for now, he's not part of the staff and and is involved in advising former players. We'll find out. I feel like... Uh, the conspiracy theory. I'm connecting the dots. I got strings all over the studio. I got charts and stuff. That's it. Second half was a lot longer. Caffeine kicked in. Not my fault. I didn't buy that caffeine at Fridge Wholesale Liquor, but you can buy Five Hour Energy and Red Bull there. It's incredible. It's the greatest place on earth. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
PowerCat podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.